Bore da chroesoer oed fe yma ymllwyf castwch o'r agor seinon. Mae'n braf iawn cael eich cwmni chi. Good morning and a very warm welcome to our service here in the parish of Castlewchwr and Gorsainen. This morning we're recording here in St Catharines in Gorsainen and it's really good to have your company. I'm joined today by Pat who is reading for us, Dan who will be leading our intercessions and Andrew who will be helping us understand those scripture readings a little better. And I hope that you're blessed and encouraged and drawn a little bit closer to Jesus as you journey with us this morning. So let's pray. Go before us, Lord, in everything that we do, so that our words and our deeds, begun, continued and ended in you, might always seek to glorify your holy name. In Jesus' name and for his glory we pray. Amen. So together let's worship.
A reading from Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 to 13. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way through great endurance, in inflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labours, sleepless nights, hunger by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honour and dishonour, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors, and yet are true, as unknown, and yet are well known, as dying, and see, we are alive, as punished, and yet not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing everything. We have spoken frankly to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open to you. There is no restriction in our affections, but only in yours. In return, I speak as to children. Open wide your hearts also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 35. That day, when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was, in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Father, help us not only to read the stories of the gospel, but by the guidance of your Spirit to understand and by the same guidance of the same Spirit, to put into practice what we learn, that we may live as your faithful disciples. For Jesus' sake. Amen. If you think about your friends, you'll probably agree with me that you know them a lot better when you've seen them really frightened. It may not be them at their best, but what frightens us and how we react to being frightened says a great deal about what we're really like. Few of us are natural heroes. Even the most courageous will be afraid of something. How many men who would wade into a Saturday night brawl without a second thought will be very difficult to get to the doctor's surgery and absolutely impossible to get to the children's headmaster's office. Fear, of course, is big business. I don't just mean things like horror films and white-knuckle rides in the fairground. There's proper business, too. The art of complaining is a very useful skill, but it's largely about not frightening the people to whom you make your case while showing that you yourself are not frightened to pursue the matter and get a satisfactory outcome. And then again, courses in assertiveness are sometimes very popular among those who train and those who are trained. And that's about how to avoid being frightened or to be frightened but not to become aggressive so that you can hold your ground in discussion or argument and make a point without being talked over or squashed. Fear has always been important in human behaviour, 
and in the control of the behaviour of others. And Christian faith has some very important things to say about it. That reading, when Jesus calmed the storm, sees the disciples very frightened. Their fear doesn't make them unreasonable. After all, among them there are professional fishermen who know their boats and their lake and the squalls and the danger. But it certainly makes them a bit unattractive and you might even want to say rude. They wake up Jesus abruptly. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? is not the most respectful or kindest way of bringing him back to consciousness. But the really strange thing is that when Jesus wakes, he is not afraid. Actually, if you think about it, in all the rest of the Gospels, Jesus is not afraid. That's odd. His disciples are afraid. Some of the people who see what Jesus does are afraid because of the power it shows and the fact that they can't work it out and it's all a bit threatening. Some of the people Jesus comes up against are afraid and bluster because they're out of their depth. But not Jesus. You might want to say, well, of course Jesus wouldn't be afraid. He can calm the storm, so there's no problem. And yes, that might be true, although the storm is threatening. But think on. When Jesus goes to his death, when he pauses in the Garden of Gethsemane, he knows this is going to be humiliating and physically agonizing. And he's obviously in torment and turmoil, but he doesn't seem to be afraid. Indeed, what he says to the disciples once the sea is back in its normal place is telling, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? His lack of fear seems to have to do with his confidence in God. And I'm sure that John would want to add, and God's love for us. It's not that he thinks his life is going to be charmed and easy and without the slightest hiccup. He knows that the cross lies ahead. But he's not frightened. He goes willingly to that because of what it all means. We might want to go back too to that lesson from the second letter to the Corinthians that was read for us. If you've been following Sundays you'll find that there have been other readings from the second letter to the Corinthians, and if you keep with us through the summer, there'll be more again. They're not necessarily directly related to the readings we have from the Gospels, 
week by week they follow a continuous path and the Gospels follow a continuous path and only occasionally do they touch. But today, I think they do. Why and how do we do what we do? Well, some people will be frightened. Or if they're not absolutely petrified, they'll be aware that there could be consequences if they don't toe the line, whatever the line may be, school or work or the group of friends. And sometimes that's a bad thing. Sometimes it means that people aren't happy to be different, to stand up for Christian faith, to stand up for people who are being wrongly made fun of or left out. And Paul explains that as he talks to the Corinthians about his experience. Well, his experiences. He's had quite a few, hasn't he? How at different times he's been made fun of, beaten up, shouted at, left out, put out, put in prison. You know the list. In fact, you can go back and read it again if you like to. But although I think sometimes Paul was frightened, he hasn't let those experiences stop him. He keeps coming back for more. And he's able to say, knowing that the Corinthians he's writing to will say, well, yes, that's true. We know him. We know what he's done. He's able to say that there is something more important. There is something beyond fear. And that something is God, more wonderful, more important, perhaps even more fearful than anything else. Or perhaps you'd want to say it's the gospel which brings hope and encouragement and is so vital, vital that it be heard, vital that it be said and borne witness to. So let's go back to that gospel story, to Jesus and the disciples in a boat on a rough lake of Galilee and see that Fear and faith do not mix well. I'd like to suggest that you take a little bit of time, perhaps after watching this video, to think about what frightens you. You may have to think around for a bit. When were you last frightened? Who or what was it that annoyed, angered, intimidated you. And then ask how your confidence in God, how your belief in a powerful Jesus who can sort things out, interacts with your fear. Have you brought them together? Perhaps not. Perhaps that would be a good thing to do. How powerful do I believe Jesus is? Is he able, at least in theory, to cope with the things that frighten me? Now, how about making that theory 
a bit more practical. Can I trust him to do what needs to be done? No, we're not promised that everything will be the best possible outcome. We're not promised that we shall always be comfortable. But we do seem to be promised that we needn't be frightened because even if things don't go well, we're not on our own and we will be looked after. I wonder if you're going to discover that you haven't really thought about the effect of faith on fear. You haven't really gone into detail about what frightens you and what your faith might have to say to that. I think it would be good if you did think about that and bring those things together. Amen.
Let us pray to a holy God. O Lord, God of heaven, our great and awesome God, who God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. Lord, we are sorry and ask for forgiveness for our sins we have committed against you. O Lord, we pray you will listen to our prayers and the prayers of those who delight in honouring you. The Lord is here. His spirit is with us. Sovereign Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We pray you open our eyes to see the need around us, open our ears to hear what your Holy Spirit is speaking to your church, open our hearts and minds to reach out in love to our families, our friends, our neighbours, and whoever you place in our paths. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You who set the sun, the moon, and the stars in their places. What is man that you should be mindful of him? Lord, you want none to be lost. You want us all to come to know your loving, you loving Father. Thank you for being a refuge for the oppressed and a stronghold in times of hardship. Lord, you alone knows all things and you will never leave us or forsake us if we turn to you. Lord, we thank you that you love us. We love you, Lord. We continue to pray for your guidance and your protection over us and our families. We would love to see your churches filled with the younger generation and filled with a revival for you, Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, we pray for spiritual wisdom and understanding, for boldness and courage for ourselves, our church leaders globally, for our Queen and her family and those in authority under her. We pray for healing and restoration, for provision, to build our relationship with you and each other. And locally, we pray for our Reverend Adrian, our Reverend Glenn, our Reverend Andrew, our lay reader Elizabeth, and all who nurture us, and all who nurture us daily. We pray for a new Archbishop, to overseer our diocese, to mature our faith and lead us in paths of righteousness. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Loving Lord, thank you for the gift of technology to keep us in touch with one another and to be able to get your gospel to the ends of the earth. Thank you for scientists who make new discoveries every day. Thank you, Lord, for our healthcare workers and the trust and love you place in their hearts. Thank you, Lord, for our places of education and trust them with good leadership to teach a child and students in the way they should go. God of compassion, we pray for our church families in Gosainan and Laka. We pray for those who are unwell and needing our prayers. We thank you for news of Russell that he is well and continuing to be a knight of the streets. We pray for, our lonely, for the lonely, for the bereaved, for orphans and widows. We pray for those persecuted for loving you. And Lord, we pray for those who are fearful of being persecuted for choosing you. We pray for those who have lost their loved ones 
their incomes, their jobs and businesses. Intercede for them to know which way to go, Lord. God of mercy, we pray for the homeless, the refugees, the hungry children of the world, and those living in desperate circumstances, those having anxiety and becoming suicidal. Lord, we thank you for Global Mothers Union and volunteers everywhere who seek to bring healing, deliverance, wholeness, preservation, peace and joy, and take your good news to so many. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And finally, loving Lord, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love and your peace. Your plans to prosper us, not, to do ev not for evil, but for a future and a hope. Lord God, you have set before us a great hope that your kingdom will come on earth and taught us to pray for its coming. Make us ever ready to thank you for the signs of its dawning and to pray and work for the perfect day when your will shall be done on earth as it is in heaven. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Amen.
Well, it's been so good to have you with us. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. We hope that you have a really good week. And do remember as the week progresses that we're always here for you. If there's anything that you need, we would love to hear from you and we'll do all that we can to help you. So with all the anxieties and fears of emerging from COVID and into a new normal, uh, let me pray for God's blessing and his peace upon us as we begin a new week. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the peace of God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.